Hi y'all, you're listening to In the Corner Back by the Woodpile. I'm Spun Counter Guy. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to another installment of That to Which We Are Tethered, a look at recent developments in Christianity and how that affects modern faith and practice. One of the beefs many of today's progressive Christians have with the traditional church is its regard for gay and lesbian individuals, which has ranged anywhere from condemnation to ostracization to the seemingly less messy claiming of agnosticism on the issue. But my guest today, back by the woodpile, tells of a church he was a member of, where in order to try to reach out to those in the homosexual community, the congregation found they not only had to amputate parts of scripture to do it, but also shift their prejudice and discrimination to new groups of people. So first of all, how how did you grow up religious-wise? Well, I, I grew up like a lot of southern southern kids uh, my age, a uh, family that was a Christian family, um, very traditional. Mom and father, you know, both went to church. I started going to church at a young age. Just kind of, you know, grew up with this part of my lifestyle, just like most kids do. I assume there was a point where you, you could have stopped going as an adult, but you continued mm-hmm. going, right? I did stop going for a while, yeah. I... um when my mother, you know, got sick, she was kind of the, the, I guess the religious leader of the family. My father went to church, but he was not a big, you know, religious person. So when she got sick and, you know, we just all kind of stopped going to church. And she eventually died. Correct? Yeah, she yeah. did. And, um, and I continued the streak of pretty much not going through most of my young adult years. Didn't really start going again until... Gosh, it was a while. I was like probably in my 30s when I started really going again, uh, regular, religiously, right. <laughs> regularly. I, uh, you know, and I started seeking out. And I, I grew up in the Methodist church. And um, when I started going again, I just kind of started seeking out, started going to different different denominations to see what each one was about. Because I thought, well, I grew up Methodist, but maybe that's not for me. Right eventually narrowed it down to kind of the Episcopal Church and the Methodist Church and uh, went with the Methodist Church again, especially in the one I selected was one that was a little different than the ones I, the one I grew up in. The one I grew up with was kind of your more typical moderate, you know, church. It wasn't like real strict Bible thumping, fiery brimstone that makes a lot of kids grow up with and end up hating religion and turn their backs on it. So, you know, I didn't have that, that experience a lot of people do that like, oh, I hate the church. They are crooked and they, mm-hmm. you know, they're judgmental and all. That's not the kind of, and I think that's just kind of Methodist in general. Well, let me ask this before uh-huh. we get to that. When you weren't going to church, did you miss it at all or did you I'm, still pray or have a sense of God? I still prayed. I still had a sense of God. I didn't really miss church per se as a ritual. Mm-hmm. at least not consciously. I, th- I think there was a point when I realized it's like you kind of need that community to really keep your faith up. I mean, yeah, I still had a belief and, you know, faith to some degree, but I wasn't really devout, really strong about it. Mm-hmm. It did get stronger again once I started, like, going to Bible studies and uh, joining, like, you know, joining a church and participating in some of the, um, well, I joined, like, a, the committee that we, we were going to talk about and things like that. 
you know, for a while it mm-hmm. did. And then, you know, I guess I'm a backslider again now. Okay. <laughs> so uh, eventually at this Methodist church that you're involved in, mm-hmm. you get involved in a committee or a board? The outreach committee where they, um, they, they deal with the, the funding and, you know, determine how, how it should be distributed among the various, you know, charities that the church sponsors and things like that. And Were you asked to join? I, I wanted to join. I can't remember if I was asked or... I knew I wanted to get more involved with something in the church because just going to the service didn't really make me feel involved. Mm-hmm. And I started going to some of the... I know I went to one. Started going to one of like the Bible study groups they had. Attempted to go to a few of the Sunday school classes, but uh, didn't really stick with those very long for a lot of the same reasons that we we're going to talk about. Um, but also because it was just you know I'm not an early person. That was always started before the service. So. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's talk about the, your experience on the committee. The whole point of this conversation. Yeah. Well, it was. Um, you know, I, I thought this would be good. I get to be involved and see more of what's in. I can get to do some of the volunteer stuff and really get to see oversight of, you know, how is the church, the church using the funds? And, you know, it all started off pretty cool. I mean, they would, you know, we would review these, all these different charities that send in the requests for funding. And we had a, a, a certain amount, you know, that the church budgeted for and figure out how to split them up and things. But during the process, you know, it's it was very obvious that people got their own personal, you know, I guess we all have personal beliefs, but they were becoming very biased based on their their either political beliefs or their personal interpretation of biblical passages. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went against, like, the whole reason I really liked this church and wanted to join. I really liked that they were supposedly non-judgmental and you know it was very opposite of the whole stereotypical religious right you know that that people hate where it's like you know you got to be this to be a christian and all that and they seem like they're opposite they're like hey we welcome everybody and blah blah you know we don't care about your outside activities and we know that that's between you and god we preach what's in the bible we, we our main thing is love and helping others and all that it's like that sounds great you know i want to get away but then you get in this committee, and it's like, well, this, like the first one that came up that it was an issue, and it's crazy how this came up. So, one of our youth groups had been sponsoring this particular organization uh, based in another country. I can't remember where they're based out of. It was a regular thing. Every year they'd raise funds to, you know, to help them get, you know, money to help the people in their country that were in poverty and all that. They've worked this organization for years. And there was never a problem. And then there was one year that that organization decided, you know, that the church that spot that in that that sponsored that organization, whatever I can't remember what country it, it's in, they were going to open up their doors, and they were, and they had decided to admit homosexual people into into it and all. The church I'm a member of is like, you know, very pro LGBT, all the you know letters and all that. I mean militantly pro i mean that's another piece that's become kind of annoying about it's like they aren't just open to it now it's they've gotten to the point of you know shoving it down your down your throat where if you don't agree with us and saying that this is not a sin and all then you're you're a terrible person and all it's like it's become the opposite of the whole 
the other side of that where it's like, oh, you're a terrible person if you support that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, so they're judgmental in the whole opposite way now. So this church in the other country, they started to... I interrupted my story, yeah. so that, that messes it up. So, yeah, so they were going to start accepting it too, which, you know, our church thought was great. But then something happened, and they changed their mind about doing that. They said, no, we're going to go back to what we believe is the original biblical teaching. We know we're not going to accept you know, homosexuals in in the church or whatever. As like leadership or just not let them in I at all? I don't know. I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I just know that it was like, but the whole point was, then they were suddenly like, oh, they're not going to do that. Well, we don't want to sponsor them anymore. And I'm like, well, you never had a problem with it before and they weren't doing it. Then when they decided they were going to open up to it, but then, you know, but then changed their mind and decided, you know, for whatever reason, it was bad politically with their organization, whatever. Now you don't want to give them money to help people because of that. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was just absurd. It was like you never had a problem with it till, till they decided to almost not do it. <laughs> and they went back to just what they were when you were had no problem with it. Right. You know, and it wasn't like it had been years. It was like within like a couple month span period, you mm-hmm. know, it was like an almost thing. It was like, mm-hmm. we were going to do it like, Oh, let's pull back. Let's right. not. And now you want to, you want to pull the funding away that they're using to help poor people in their country because their belief in this one particular scripture doesn't jive with yours. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was the most absurd thing I'd ever heard. Well, and it got worse from there. Well, let me ask you, how did they interpret the, like I guess Paul would be the best example in the New Testament where he said homosexuality was abomination. So in the church, how do they take yeah. that? But what it boils down to with the majority of the church I'm a member of is the only thing that matters is when they ask Je- the person asked Jesus in that passage, what is the ultimate command? And the ultimate command is uh, love God first, then love everyone. Right. And they think that's all. And they think love everyone means then don't. They didn't accept everything. And when you point out, like, well, what about all the other books of the Bible and stuff? What about the other verses that say that? They've decided that anything that's not said by Jesus is subject to subject to, um, your, to your discretion. Right. Because Jesus didn't say it, so men wrote it, so it was... It's it's very likely not true or erroneous. I think some people call them red letter. Well, it's kind of that way, but I mean, but it's they seem very selective on that too. (laughs) I mean, I mean, mean, really, it seems like that that if it involves any kind of any kind of work, (laughs) you know, other than just saying I love it, we love everybody, and we accept everybody. It's like you know, you can't have. Any scripture that says this is a sin or whatever. Jesus did call it at least some sins. Yeah, but it seems like the only sin that they believe, judging others and not helping the poor. Or I guess guess harm, like murder, rape, things like that. But yeah, any of the the personal morality stuff Mm -hmm. about, you know, like social morality, it's just like that's out the window with them. Yeah, there's like everyone can do whatever they want, anything they want, and nothing wrong with that. So in the end, that the third world country, mm-hmm. they d- quit receiving the money? I don't know how it was ever resolved. Because I remember it was a big okay. debate in the church, and it was going to go above the heads of our committee. And they were, the top clergy, were they were agonizing over that. You know, and then years went on, you know, you different 
meetings every month or whatever. But it's like any organization that was like pro-LGBT, give them money. Give them money. It's like even if it wasn't like a religious mission or whatever. Or what one that really floored me is there's an organization called um, Launchpad, which is a homeless shelter for LGBT youth. And it's like, I'm thinking that they want to give them all this money and all. And I'm going like, well, I didn't understand why they would get more funding than something response that was open to everybody. But because it was specifically geared towards that and you had to be an LGBT youth to be part to be part of it. They wanted to give them money because they needed that support. They so, needed that affirmation. So yeah. the money was taken away from the general aid to homeless people. It depends on how you look at it. I mean, we have like, over a hundred organizations that vie for money and there's a limited pool and they each request a certain amount and we decide how to split that up. So, I mean, you know, maybe it took away, maybe it didn't. It depends on how you look at it. I see what you're saying, like an organization that really discriminates. I feel like it's discriminatory. I mean, their only reason for saying that, you know, that this is great, that we need to sponsor this is they felt like, in any other type of homeless shelter, they don't get affirmation to their their LGBT status. It's like, well, what kind of affirmation do you need? You need a place to stay. You're yeah. homeless, you know. What? Yeah, affirmation that you're going to get some food. Yeah, I mean that's the way I looked at. It. And then, right. but then there's so many other things too, like that. It's like based on these people's personal political beliefs rather than any like religious mission about helping others. Like there was another organization that was um, they helped women that had unwanted pregnancies, and you know helping them deal with that, and they wanted some money too. And like the head of our committee and like one of like the daughter of the minister or whatever that they said, well we went to one of their meetings and we think that they that they focus too much on abstinence, so we don't think we should fund them. It's like well what's wrong with focusing on abstinence? It's not realistic. So they wanted to only fund out organizations like Planned Parenthood that are all about like birth control and abortion and condoms and things like that. But any, you know, this one organization that still did those, I don't think they did abortion, but you know, they would still give out birth control or whatever and help women get money to help women raise their children that they had. But they said that like when they were talking to teenagers and things, their big focus was on abstinence and they thought that was just terrible to focus on abstinence. Because it's not realistic, they said. Right. So they didn't want to fund them. They didn't want to give them money. This is kind of a little bit on the subject, off the subject. But uh, I had done a research paper on the history of the homosexual uh, rights movement. And I had tried to be fair as possible. Mm -hmm. But one thing I did point out that some of our source material that I was supposed to draw from didn't have was the, the, the divisions within the gay community about how to, to approach the AIDS issue. And I would say the majority just wanted money and funding to treat the symptoms. That was their way of, of fighting the disease. Whereas there were some, a minority in the gay community who were trying to change the behavior that was causing them to get the disease in the first place. Mm -hmm. So for example, there was one guy who was a gay guy who was trying to uh, get the cities to shut down the bathhouses because that's how largely it was being transmitted. Mm -hmm. And that guy, I wish I could remember his name, but uh, he was spat upon by other gay activists. They reviled him so much. So it reminds me a little bit of what you're saying. You brought up another point, too. The job I have now, everybody in the office with me is a gay male, except for me. I'm mm -hmm. the only one who's not. So far. 
yeah so far <laughs> but what i really see here is yes when you tell it to like the straight community that the, that's all social justice and all like pro lgbt blah 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 they have this very narrow view of what is best for that community and what well, the way things should be done but when you're actually working with these people that are homosexual or whichever letter of the alphabet that they are, they identify with <laughs> There are so many different views within their their own selves. Right. You know, it's amazing that the straight social justice warriors would be so adamant about what's best for someone that's not them. <laughs> because well, that's a huge problem. Yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, I'll give you an example. I was in the office the other day, and I was looking. It was actually I was looking at our an email I get from my church. They are so pro LGBT that it's become annoying. Maybe become an idol. Yeah, that's it. It's because I mean I don't want to say that you sh you shouldn't be pro LGBT, but you're a church. Your mission is to serve God, and every newsletter they send out, every sermon, every single one, their main focus is on LGBT rights. And it's like, when did that become the the main focus of the church? What mm -hmm. about helping the the homeless or feeding the hungry, sharing the gospel? I mean, all the things that I would think would be more of the mission of the church that would help more people they tend to ignore for this minor niche community mm -hmm. that they've elevated to to idol status right so i was looking on this this email one of their many emails about what we're doing to help lgbt rights and the initials had gone from lgbt it become lgbtqia and then this latest one was lgbtqia two p and a couple other letters i said what is this well they've added a, a number in here there's a number two what is that about and this guy there he goes what and i said yeah and this is and a I, gay guy talking yeah about and that. i read him the entire the entire list of letters he goes that is the stupidest thing i've ever heard <laughs> he goes i have no idea what the number two is he goes but that is just ridiculous he goes, this is getting stupid this has gotten completely <laughs> out of hand and out of control he goes he said, why do they think we want this crap? He goes, I may be older than, than a lot of the, the, the young people, the younger gays, but I go, I'm not that old. And this whole thing with all these letters, this is just creating division. We never wanted this. All we wanted was to be accepted in the same community as everyone else and just be treated the same. This whole thing where you've got to identify a special letter of every particular identity all that's doing is creating more and more division, and you've gotten, and now this list of letters is so freaking long, they've got numbers in it. I mean, he was just going off, and it's, they've ran out of letters. Uh, yeah, why. I guess so. <laughs> and, yeah, they've already got the whole alphabet in there. Next time, there'll be a couple umgots. Yeah. Who knows what's going to come next? Some emojis or something. I mean, you know, and there's all kinds of discussions like that very frequently there, mm -hmm. and most of the people in this that I've met in here, they are not this out in the streets you know, wearing the pink pussy hats, you know, mm -hmm. screaming about this stuff. But they don't want to be, you know, spat upon or hated or anything. Right. And they want to, but, and they do want their own separate bars and things. Um, they're, there's one bar that they, some of the, the younger guys are talking about. They go, I don't like going there anymore. I said, they go, I said what, so why is that? They go, it's just become stupid. What do you mean stupid? Said, Too many women there. <laughs> It's because apparently bachelorette parties go to gay bars now. Really? Yeah, because they they like to they like to dance and not be hit on by, uh, by men. So, yeah. But it's driving out the the regulars. Wow. They're...
So your time on this committee, how long did you hang in there? There were like two periods I did. Like I, I did an initial period before it got crazy. That one was cut kind of short because they changed some leadership on the structure or whatever. So I think that one was less than a year. But then when I got back on it, you could sign up for anywhere from a one to three year term. And three years was the maximum. So I went and signed up for a three year term. So I did the full three years with them. Wow. And like I say, it's that length of time on there and then doing other things like sitting through these sermons that were increasingly, you know, just every single one being like a stump speech for you know, the Democratic Party. And then going to these Bible studies and finding out that basically when you're dealing with these complicated issues of the Bible, which I was concerned about, these things, it's like, yeah, that does seem kind of bad. You know, some of these things that like Paul said about, you know, gay people or whatever. You know, it was like this cheap way out. It wasn't like this, well, let's deal with this in the larger mm -hmm. context of the Bible. And, you know, is this just something that God wants that we're just not comfortable with, but we just, you know, have to accept that this is God? Or is there another reason for it? I mean, I was really looking for some really in-depth intellectual, philosophical dis mm -hmm. discussions on this because I think there is a lot of legitimate reasons to question it, but I also don't think you just throw it all out because you're not comfortable with it. Right. It seemed like everyone was focused more on disproving the Bible than they were on affirming it and, you know, and trying to reconcile these issues. Because it's like, when you start looking at these things, people would start saying, well, that was actually written after blah, blah, and there's no proof that this, that, and... And it just came down to what, it, to basically, if they didn't like it, what it said, they just didn't believe it was legitimate. That it was written by men, and it was that part of the Bible's not true. And hmm. it's like, wow, because this is like, you base your religion on this particular book, and then you decide in the modern age you're just going to cherry pick what you like out of it. I don't know how you how you say you follow the Bible or you're a, you're a Christian when you dismiss all but four chapters of the of the book of the entire founding of and, the church and pieces of that yeah and yeah, yeah. I mean, just pieces of that you know pieces of those four gospels and then because even within those four gospels they were you know they were like going well it wasn't really written by the people that said it was written by it was written many years later so there could be a lot of errors in there and there's contradictions here between this one and this one Oh, but I like this verse here in this part of the New Testament that's you know not in the gospel so we believe that and mm -hmm. So during your three years, did you ever get suspected as being like a, an enemy? The most outspoken I, I was about things, I mean, I would speak up on things, but I mean, I knew when I was beat too. It's like there's no point in, in pushing when you're outvoted by everyone on the committee. But I mean, I said my piece on a few things, like, you know, but it was mostly just like questioning, like, like I said, like, well, why wouldn't you sponsor that? You know, right. what's wrong with that? You know, what's wrong? What's wrong with that preaching abstinence? Or why wouldn't you sponsor? You had no problem before. Mm -hmm. You know, you're taking money away from them helping somebody. You know, based on their opinions about gay marriage. I mean, just I don't know why you would let that affect them. You know, giving money to help a greater cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would get outvoted all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember another one too. Nashville cares. Yeah, you know, we had like I said, we had a limited pool of money. These nonprofits. When they submit, they have to show their budget. They have to show what they spend it on and things. And National Cares submitted a request for some money. Huge organization. And for the people listening, they mostly deal with AIDS. Yeah. Trying to help yeah. people with AIDS. Right? And they show, I mean, and even in their own, their budget, they're showing how much money they're getting from other organizations. It's like, they're by far like the biggest agency that requested money for us. They have plenty of other sources of income. Well, we had pretty much all the money divided up. 
Well, this one gay guy joined the committee that year, and he was so dramatic about everything, and he almost started crying because we didn't want to give money to Nashville Cares. I remember saying, who should we take it from? All these other organizations don't have other sources of funding. I just think our money's better invested towards these other things as we have, have agreed on. And he would start blubbering and stuff. And so everyone like turned around just to comfort him and redistributing some money to Nashville Cares just because this guy cried about it. I feel like if anyone else had, cri- had, had cried or complained about it, they would just be told to sit down and shut up, you know? <laughs> because they don't want to offend the, the gay person they worship, you know? Right. So eventually your time came to an end. Yeah, it yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And eventually you quit going to that church, right? For almost at the same time. Yeah, in okay. fact, because I almost at that point decided that there's no point in me continuing to go to this church. That I'm no longer getting spiritual fulfillment. I will still help out like in volunteer things, like when they do like uh, the great day of service, and you know you go out to a nonprofit and help like whatever they need that day. Usually like cleaning up or rebuilt or fixing up some mm-hmm. some things. But as far as going every Sunday to sit through a service where they're, for the most part, they aren't really focused on preaching the Bible or preaching about or talking about God or giving you something to walk away with that, you know, you can help do in the community or help consider your own spiritual life. I could turn on MSNBC and watch Rachel Maddow and get the same stuff they preach every Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's so focused on politics now, blatantly pro-hyper-liberal Democrats issues, and over 50% of of that, of what they focus on there, is LGBT rights. Mm -hmm. When they put a religious focus on it, it's very selective to ignore anything that that would maybe state something else that's important. Mm -hmm. It's all, hey, this verse here says, you know, help the poor, so you should vote for Democrats. That wasn't that, not quite that Mm blatant. They don't come out and say that, but they may as well be, the way that they talk about because they will talk about you know in the in politics today and what the you know what the president is doing or not doing or the you know Congress is holding back health care and all this stuff we need to pray about this and you know it's just stuff like that and yeah. it seems to me that they've gotten to the point where be a, a liberal Democrat first and then a Christian second or, or third or yeah or third <laughs> yeah it's. Everything that they interpret in the Bible is based first on filtering it through what's the the, the democratic view on that, the so, democratic political view on this. Although it was funny when I, that guy that we, I, we were having that discussion about, he said, you know what the first letter was that was added to LGBT, don't you? And I said, I believe it was after LGBT was, I believe after those first four, I believe it was Q. He said, no. He goes, for a while it was LGBTB. I said, what was that about? He goes, because they wanted to include black people as part of the... So they were incorporating race in there as like to incorporate minorities all around. But that didn't last long. You know, black people didn't want to be included as, in that group. And they focused all on sex and gender. T was the first one because that was like the first one was like based on gender and not sexual, um, not sexual preference. What is T? Transgender. Oh. Yeah, and I, I do also know that it used to be a different order. It used to be GLBT, right. and then the lesbians got upset because they wanted to be first. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously, yeah. Wow. They, that's why they changed the order, because lesbians thought they were being undermined not to have the G first. 
so they move that they move the L first. It's like we're back in grade school. It really is. Some of my friends and I, we wonder if, if like you know, in twenty years, if people are going to look back on this generation and laugh like we do at like the fifth, the morality of the fifties. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's gotten so 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 far out of hand, just often you know excuse the pun, left field, mm-hmm. it's it's just, it's gone beyond anything about fighting for rights and, you know, realistic, realistic change and acceptance to this whole demonization and just very splinter groups and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, microaggressions mm-hmm. and so much patronizing going on with right. this stuff. It's, hearing all these, like, white people lashing themselves, oh, it's terrible, I'm a white person. You know, it's just like, what? You can't help your skin color. I mean, <laughs> if you're interested in other topics regarding faith and conflict, you might check out, of course, other episodes of That to Which We Are Tethered, where we've touched on topics including deconstruction, abortion, euthanasia, socialism, and Friar Richard Rohr. Also, there's In the Corner, back by the woodpile, 211, where Professor Lian Shi tells us about the story of Chinese Christian martyr Lin Zhao. In the Corner, back by the woodpile, is produced by A Closet, A Pocket, and A Suitcase. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbeam.com. If you'd like to send us some hate mail, you can email us at spuncounterguy at hotmail.com. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya.